From the PSIA ASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and today we're going to be talking about a very, well, it's a topic that's uh, difficult to discuss. It's easy to see, but we've got the perfect person here to hopefully unlock the mystery. Eric Lipton, thanks very much for taking the time to speak with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, George. Now, we're going to be talking about touch, so... To get into it, let's have you describe exactly what touch is. Okay, yeah, happy to. I love this topic. So I think of touch on snow as as this masterful control over the skiing skills, the skiing fundamentals, so, <laughs> so both what the skis are doing and what the body's doing, and the marriage of them. And and as you mentioned, it's it's a lot easier to observe than it is to discuss. We can we can see it, we can we can watch great skiers and, and admire their great touch on snow and how they flow with the terrain. But it can be difficult to define. And in my mind, it's giving the ski exactly what it needs and in the right amount. And that's, the, that's I think, a, a really important part is that in the right amount. And, and, and let me give you an example of what I mean by that. So, so all good skiers can vary the edge angle that they apply. So when they're skiing slow, uh, maybe there's a low edge angle, you're skiing at moderate speed, there's this, this mid-range edge angle, and then for, for skiing fast, there's a higher edge angle. So there's these three notches, okay, three broad notches, low edge angle, moderate edge angle, and high edge angle. But great skiers who, have, who seem to have a better touch on snow have the infinite notches in between. It's like the second hand of a clock. And, and the ability to give the ski exactly the right amount of edge, not the most amount of edge. Um, another example would be relating to pressure and how we manage pressure on the skis. And one of our fundamentals is, is uh, control pressure from foot to foot and, and directed to the outside ski. Uh, and we sort of get, I think, caught up a lot in directing pressure to the outside ski as, as that's the important part, right? get to the outside ski, get to the outside ski, move to the outside ski, transfer the outside ski. But the part about controlling pressure foot to foot or, or from ski to ski is a really, really important aspect because to, to have, do you shift your weight to the outside ski? How soon in a turn, how much weight goes to the outside ski? How do you, how, how do you get from, from one foot to the other and how do you modulate and moderate weight and pressure as it moves from foot to foot, weight and pressure being different things, but, but how we control pressure on the skis. Um, you've got to get to the outside ski, of course, but, but there's, there are all these other elements that, that play a role in how that happens. Are, do you move to the ski really early? Do you move to the ski very quickly? Um, are, you, are you, in a sense, dumping weight from one foot to the other, or are you slowly pouring weight from one foot to the other or directing pressure from one foot to the other. So the manner in which this all happens, um, whether you're seeing hard pack or powder, moguls, harbor chop, whatever it is, 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 you know, the control over that, over pressure from foot to foot is really where, where you can see touch in great skiing. I don't know if that was, if that uh, example is clear enough, but that's, it's one thing that comes to mind when I see, when I watch great skiers and how they move from, from foot to foot, and, I, and I, I recognize that it's not, it's not always the same. It's not always abrupt. 
um, but it, it, it varies. I've got to say, I loved your description of a slow pour of weight to the outside ski. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, as the, when we, when we wrote the fundamentals, we were, uh, the skiing fundamentals, we were very aware that, um, the intensity, the rate, the time, and the duration of these movements changes both vertically, so as skiers improve in skill level, and it changes horizontally, meaning, meaning depending on the application or the sort of terrain that the the skiers the skiers in. So, so that's all that's all part of it. Like, and in, in, so the tempo that things move, the flow down the mountain, and not just the mechanics of it. I guess that's the that's the best way to say it is. Is uh, is how the how the skier moves, not just what what the skier does. And that's where I think this mystery is, because you can have someone like me who knows the mechanics and can ski well, but you see the difference between myself and what I would consider a really good skier that that almost dancing down the mountain in any conditions. For sure. And, and, and it's, uh, we can train it, you know, we can develop that. It's, uh, it's, it's this, it's so admirable, right? We can all recognize skiers who have, who are mechanically very accurate, very sound and super disciplined. And, um, and that takes great practice, great skill. And, um, and then, and hopefully, but, but sometimes it's not always the case. Then there are skiers who, who maybe don't appear as disciplined all the time, but but seem to have a flow and an elegance about their skiing um, that is special. And when those two things come together, when when the ski does exactly what it needs to do um, in a very disciplined manner, and when there's a flow and an elegance and a choreography about the movements, then that that marriage of of, of those two pieces is. It, it's like intoxicatingly attractive, right? When you, you watch the skiers and you're like, wow, that's different. That there is very, very special. And, um, and it's hard to come by. You know, this is making me think I was out with a, a class. It was a, a session class and I was getting ready. Our last lesson was actually going to be on touch and second to last lesson Ron Lamaster came out and joined us for uh, an afternoon and it was so fun for the class to be able to watch him and it was intoxicating to watch him ski he was so beautiful on the snow and just made everything look so easy and flowing and I was so glad the class had a chance to see someone of that caliber and uh, it was a perfect lead-in to working on touch. That's fantastic. Yeah, Ron is absolutely dynamite, and he's from, from a, a, a analyzing skiing standpoint. He's really got his arms wrapped around it, and has has thought a lot about this. And um, and also, and another great asset to uh, to have in uh, in this conversation. Um, what comes to mind is is having great feet. And when, when we watch skiers that seem to have a terrific touch on snow, I think it really comes down to um, how their feet work versus, versus having great legs or great hips. You know, oh, well, look at these, get, you know, the hip gets so far inside the turn, or wow, look at the legs go from long leg to short leg. 
but the skiers that really embody what we're talking about here have, have an awareness of what's happening inside their boots and how their feet are really guiding them, leading them down the mountain. And we jokingly say it all the time, like there's a cliche that, that we say, ah, for an up-and-coming, um, you know, a skier with great potential, we might say, oh, look, that kid's got great feet. We don't say he or she's got, you know, great hands. Well, that's not, that's not, the, that's not <laughs> the point we're trying to get across, right? The skier's got great feet. It's not that they got great legs or great hips or whatever else. Um, but developing awareness and, and great feeling in the feet and the proprioceptors under the feet and, and how, how we feel pressure move from the sides of the feet across to the other sides of the feet um, and, and, and the speed at which that happens or, or how we feel weight, um, our weight and, 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 and pressure move from, from the front half of the foot to the back half of the foot and the rate at which that happens. So there's, there's all these small and, and fast nerve proprioceptors in the feet and, and that's when we can take we can take movements that would happen grossly and make them very fine motor control, and that's really I think the the missing piece. Uh, that's what gives that's what takes gears from from really from good to great. And I'm taking it that this is something that we never really perfect. Um, when I ask you and members of the national team what you're going to be working on in your skiing for the coming season every one of you always has an answer immediately. It's not like, well, what do you mean working on my skiing? <laughs> right. Well, we're always, we're always all getting better, right? It, it's, it's a constant, a constant uh, uh, struggle and, and, and challenge to, to keep moving the needle in your own skiing. And this is one part that, that there's, there's always a place to go. You can always get a better feel for the snow and, 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 and take those, those movements that are that are gross motor, that are mechanical, and make them more natural and more autonomous and more um, more seemingly effortless, you know. And that's, that's another thing that I think great skiers do is they take take movements that that seem very complex and and, and make them look simple and, and easy and fluid, you know, for that for movements that many skiers, um, you know, many even good skiers uh, are. Are, are mechanical about or process process based. So how do we improve touch in our own skiing and how do we teach that to our staff and to our students? Yeah, great question. Great question. And and it's not meant to be first of all it's not meant to be mysterious, right? It's it's as we said at the beginning it's this this perfect marriage of, of what the skiing does, what the ski does and what the body does and, and just being having a greater control over that, masterful control over it. You know, the the example of how many different edge angles can can you have be the second hand on a clock in how you control edge angle? Can we have a, a more fine motor control over all these things? And and developing this um, is a great question. So so for starters, I think we get to ski at, at all speeds. And and I watch, you know, when I have a chance to work with, with racers or with coaches, they tend to like to ski really fast, and, and speed can hide a lot of errors. And then when I, when I work with instructors, they tend to, oftentimes when they're, when they're in the laboratories, I say, tend to ski slow and, and working on things at, at very slow speeds to get accuracy. I think we have to, we have to test the limits in both, range, in, in, in both, uh, both ranges, right? We have to ski very fast and ski very slow. And when we're skiing slow, can we be super clean and very accurate? And when, 
but then can we also be controlled and clean when we're skiing fast and carry that same accurate accuracy, excuse me, and work on that fine motor control? Um, can we use our, our feet and explore all the range of motion that our feet can have in our boots and how starting movements in the feet and the lower legs and working their way up the body can give us a better sense for the snow versus, versus making movements with, with body parts higher, higher up, like the hips, like the shoulders, like the arms. Um, and, you know, the farther we get away from the snow, the, the more we lose accuracy in terms of that kinetic chain, right? So, so starting in the feet and feeling the snow down low and then responding as, uh, as we work our way up the body. So ski slow, ski fast, and explore the whole range, be accurate all the time. Um, one exercise that, that I encourage skiers to try is to ski with your boots unbuckled, to just wake up the feet. This seemed to be something that we used to do years ago, but this drill, I don't know, has sort of fallen out of favor um, recently in some, in some uh, areas. So uh, ski with the boots unbuckled, and, and how much unbuckled is entirely up to, up to the skier. Some, some people will keep the power strap but just loosen the buckles when i do this myself i just open everything up right pull the pant leg up open everything up and and really feel how i'm balancing on my feet not not balancing on my equipment you know eric this is making me think i i'm moving some stuff right now and uh was putting some big shelves into storage and uh i had put some heavy pieces of you know, boxes and things up on top of the shelves because I just wanted to get them out of the way for when I was bringing more stuff in. But then as I would try to move the shelves, obviously it was very difficult because of all the weight that's up top as opposed to having it down closer to the floor. And uh, you're making me think of gross body movements that we're making with our upper body or when you were saying that the further away we are from the snow, the more we're losing control. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so good analogy there with with uh, the your activities for today as you're, as you're moving <laughs> stuff around the house and, and stacking stuff on shelves. Um, yeah, I think like like the the upper body and the hips and, and the, the the bigger bones in our body play a very important role in balancing. But from a from a standpoint of the, as, as we're discussing it developing fine motor control and touch on snow, we, very, we have to be very aware of and very active and, and accurate with the movements we make close to the snow. Um, we used to say, as uh, you know, an old saying is we ski from the ground up. So feeling things in your feet and in the boot um, will have the, the, the quickest and most, uh, you know, effective impact on what happens on the snow, right? The, the, what happens in the hand and the shoulder and the arm, they're hundreds of degrees of freedom, you know, range of motion away from the snow. But things you do in your feet will impact what the ski does almost immediately. And so being aware of what's happening in the feet and inside the boot is really kind of where the magic happens. And so, you know, the exercise of skiing with your boots totally unbuckled to wake those up, I think it's a great one for for developing this, this sense of, uh, you know, the proprioceptors in the feet, not, not leaning on your equipment, but really balancing on your feet. Uh, the, another, another place to, to look for developing this sense is, is these agility versatility drills. 
that that are you know often show up in certification exams. And I think I think certification candidates hate these kinds of things because they think that they have nothing to do with skiing. But but the truth is that skiing one footed and, and skiing some of these these hopping and stepping exercises really develop this sense of touch better than a lot of things that that are out there, right? Because they take us outside of our normal movement pattern and they really test they test each each component um, in a way that that we don't get just making linked turns. So ski one footed, ski with, with no poles, ski with do exercises and drills that require accuracy and some finesse. Uh, I mentioned skiing slow, skiing very slow. You know, how slow can you ski and still stay parallel is a good task. Uh, side slipping very slowly um, with, you know, fine motor control of the amount of edge. So how, how, slow, how, how slowly can you side slip, frankly, you know, without getting too much edge that you come to a stop um, or too little edge and then you pick up speed? Can you, can you vary the amount of edge angle so so finitely that you can slow yourself down um, in a side slip. Again, like the second hands of a clock. So, so we should be about all about adding movements to the movement pool in in how we explore these ranges. You know, you, it, it might not be something that you think about when you when you make link turns on on easy terrain, but but you can take those those moments and and use it to develop a, a broader range of fine motor control. Well, you've given me a new exercise I cannot wait to go out and teach. With first time on skis, people, I will have a slow race where you're out if you stop. I mean, you've, you've got to keep moving. And now with more advanced skiers, I want to do a slow race side slipping where the last one down is the winner. But again, you can't stop. There you go. That's a great, that's a great idea. I love that. I think you're right on, George. You can, look, you can achieve really good skiing without thinking about, about touch on snow. You can achieve really good skiing just by focusing on the fundamental mechanics. And, um, but to be, to be great, to be a great creative skier who's fun to watch and seems to flow down the mountain, it requires this level of mastery and accuracy that I think is somewhat rare. I think it's worth pursuing. Eric, I just, I love this topic. I love talking about it with you. And um, as we've gone here, I, I really think this needs to be part one of our unlocking the mystery of touch on snow. And uh, what could we talk about in part two? Well, that's fantastic. I love that idea. And I think the, given the time of the year that we're in, maybe part two becomes what we can do in the off season to develop these this sensation to, to develop touch on snow and how we, how we take it from dry land into our skiing next, uh, next season or this summer. This summer at Eric Lipton ski camp, which is coming up when it is coming up in August, first two weeks of August. We've got a couple of, couple of, uh, ski camps happening in Chile. You can check those out at ericliptonskicamps.com. We've got a Valle Nevado trip and we've got a Portillo trip. Eric Lipton, thanks so much. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us, and I look forward to uh, finishing up part two with you in the very near future. Sounds great, George. We'll talk to you soon. 
National Team member Eric Lipton joining us on First Chair from the PSI ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.